We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to Striking Gold, your 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Network. My name is Rob Lauder. I cover the 49ers for all of you folks. I appreciate you tuning in. Uh, we have a guest today, a frequent guest, a friend of the pod, um, someone that should be your co-host, if it not for uh, corporate greed and stupid decisions. Uh, this this guy's name is is Kyle Posey, and he runs NinersNation.com. Kyle, how uh, how are you? I am great, man. Uh, long time to talk, right? How's life? It's the same, man. It's the same. I feel like <laughs> every day, like you same. and I have that relationship where, like, like it might be a, a, a couple weeks or a month or whatever, but shit's like exactly the same every time we talk. And like, we we have similar lives too. I know that you have you have. A, oh, you know what? Hold on. Have I told you I'm having a kid? Did I know that? I don't know if you knew that. I don't think so, man. Well, damn, congrats. Because what I was about to say was the big difference in our lives is you have a kid. I don't have a kid. You have a daughter. That's your only kid, right? Your daughter. I got an 11-year-old. Sure do. Yeah. How's she doing, man? Because she's like like a stud. She does like sports stuff, right? Yeah, she is. She does a a travel cheer team that takes up like all of her life. Um, She's at the age now where she's like, fuck my parents. (laughs) I'm going to hang out with my parents. (laughs) Right. It's cool. It's cool. So yeah, I'm having a a baby boy in December. Love that. Uh, we got a name, Robert Newton Louder the. There's sixth. no way you just said that. <laughs> Did you know I was the fifth? How creative! I didn't know, but no, it's not creative. Yeah, so you don't. Yeah, creative. you don't really have a choice. No, I mean I had that talk with my dad. He's the fourth. I'm the fifth, and you know, obviously, if you were going to end it, the fifth would be a reasonable <laughs> place. A reasonable right. place. Well, I, we I ain't stopping, feel, baby. Right. I almost feel like okay, if I if I take one more step forward, we have to keep going all the way to ten. Oh. Because uh, honestly, though, how badass would it be if your name was Robert Louder X? You know, like no, that's like the only that's the end game, pretty much. Right. Part. That is <laughs> <laughs> that is the end game, bro. So 
uh, I talked with him and we, we we decided like, yeah, sure. Let's keep going with it. Katie was obviously okay with it. Otherwise I wouldn't have done with, I wasn't going to like force it on her. Like, I'm not going to be like, Hey, this is happening. So this is, she was cool with it. Yeah. Um, but anyways, how, how's the rest of your life, bro? I preface, I got to preface this with saying KP and I briefly talked about this before (laughs) I hit record and the story quickly got so ridiculous that I was like, okay, stop talking. We have to hit record so we can talk about this pod. So KP, we're both football coaches, different age levels, both football coaches. How is your football coaching experience going <laughs> this year? Well, um, we started the season ranked in the state. We are no longer ranked in the state. We have lost more games than we won. We have also lost two quarterbacks. We have a head coach getting sued. And <laughs> I mean, I can go like. 14 different directions. It is insane, honestly. It's every day. I'm not stop every day is nothing. Or sorry. Every day is something new. Like it's one of those soap opera types where you don't know what's going to happen until you get to school. And then you're like, oh, of course. <laughs> like, why didn't I think of that? Uh, the writers are doing their thing. There's no doubt about it, though. But um keeps me entertained, keeps me busy. How about yourself? Please tell me you're actually having a sane season. Um, it's it's sane for the most part. I've got a team probably one of the freakiest athletes I've ever coached that he's about my height. He's about six feet. One of the fastest athletes in the state at his, for his age level. Love that. So this is, this is like a six foot tall man child that runs. Um, and I'm not bullshitting you probably runs somewhere between a four, four and a four five. Goodness. Just unbelievable. He's probably has 10 touchdowns at this point, I think. And we're we're about four games in. He should have more, but he's just one of those those guys. And you see him all the time at this age level. That it's like, if you only knew what going all out would bring you, you right. know, like it's if, okay to be a tryhard, right? And and he he has his moments. He can score a hundred yard touchdown at any point, and it's not like because he's faster than everybody else because that is the case. But he can run but over yes. <laughs> any player we've ever faced. You know, like. He just doesn't he doesn't do that all the time. He takes a ton of plays off. And he's he's kind of worked himself into a point where they know he can score at any point, but I don't necessarily think the other teams are afraid of him, you know, right. like when they should be absolutely terrified. Like Kendall Milton, Georgia's running back. I don't know if you know that name. Um Oh yeah. He, I had to play against him in middle school and that every time he touched the ball it was a touchdown. And uh I don't even know if they played him on defense. They didn't even need to. And uh, he, he he's that kind of an athlete. I, I'm assuming he's going to play uh, call you know in college. I'm assuming he's going to get a scholarship. He has a chance to play on Sundays if he wants to. He's just not I mean, quite there yet mentally. Those kind those type of athletes don't go unnoticed. So just the fact that he's one of the fastest kids in the state, like he's going to find like somebody's going to find him. Yeah he he he, uh, he apparently did track there. last year and. I don't know if he's going to do track again this year, but like, like one states or something like he was up there. He was, he was at a different school last year. So I, I'm not sure, but so we're three and two, the two teams we lost to we've played next. And both of those losses were like, if you guys would just pull your heads out of your asses for just a little bit and realize how good you are. Yeah. You can win these games. You know, they middle schoolers get in their head so quickly. Um, you know, it, it, being down by one score is like the world is falling. Like we just gave up a touchdown. It's all over. You know, they they have a little bit of that. And so 
No, that's but, it doesn't uh, I mean, stop in the high school level, man. We uh we have a very we have a very talented team, like a very talented team. A guy, a bunch of guys. So we're very young. We have a bunch of sophomores that are starting, they're playing. And just as you said, one score, they start hyperventilating. They start acting like <laughs> the game's over. So like it's the first quarter, y'all. What are we doing? Um, it's I mean, that's just the youth, right? The immaturity. It's it's like you want to see them do like that Cam Newton gif, you know, where somebody scores and they just go, okay, okay. and then they put their helmet on. You know, like they just don't ever – a couple of them do that, they do that, like, but you just wished all of them would. And you would like, right. man, you guys would be unstoppable. But I mean, that's – it just comes with the middle school football, and apparently it comes with high school football too. Yep, that's the game, man. All right, so trying to think if there's anything else we didn't touch on. How are things at Niners Nation? It's going well, man. I mean, they make it easy. Obviously, them winning by a lot helps every game. Um, but at the same time, they're not stagnant. They're, this isn't a stale team. There's always something to talk about. And whether it's quarterback, whether it's defense, whether it's skill players, acquiring players, um, a lot of topics to talk about. So it's cool, man. Well, I mean, it's like I made the comment at the beginning of the season. I think it was right before week one or right after week one. And I was like, man, for the first time in a long time, we don't have to talk about 49ers quarterbacks. Like, I mean, we obviously will talk about them always, but it's like not in a weird way in the, in the fact that the quarterback depth chart is very set. It's very defined. There's not a competition. It is what it is. And little did I know that one, it's like a two-part thing. Brock Purdy would play out of his mind. And two, no one would give him any flowers. Like, and they're coming around, but it's been weird. But oh, anyways, before, before we get into that, we're going to get into Brock Purdy. Before it gets too far out of our mind, what are your, what were your, your, your kind of your, what's your wrap up of what the 49ers did to the uh, Dallas Cowboys? I mean, it was a massacre, right? So Dallas came into the week when everybody's like, all right, finally, we're going to see the 49ers challenge. We're going to see a defense who is fast enough to contain them. We're going to see an offense who have the weapons and we're going to see a quarterback who's just competent. So, what are the 49ers really made of? This is supposed to be the litmus test. And I mean, they passed with flying colors, look across the board. It seemed like they scored, well, they scored on their first three possessions of the second half. The only reason they didn't score four times in the first half was because of a fumble on the two yard line by one of their best players, if not their best player. So that you know just kind of tells you about that fumble is like the 49ers that, that fumble was as he was running over a, a Dallas yeah. defender, you know, it's like, even their fumble wasn't wasn't hard. It was hard to be mad about. Keep going. Right, and no, it's it's a good point, and, and that just kind of tells you like how much they dominated. Where like they fumbled at the two yard line and still won by a lot. <laughs> like still won comfortably. Where the game never, even when it was twenty one to ten, it never really felt like, oh, here comes Dallas. And sure enough, Dak threw up all over himself. Um, <laughs> It was a really impressive performance, and we talked about it a little bit off air. We're just like they have players at the positions where you need players at those positions, and that's they're able to mask some of their other you know deficiencies, like guard or for for lack of you know sometimes slot corner. So, um, just a really impressive performance, and I think it's pretty evident that this is the best team in the NFL. And it's not particularly close. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm kind of coming around to that. I, I guess when it comes to the Dallas game, I'm still kind of almost in a state of like denial. You know, like did that That's really fair. happen? They were 
that was just considered like obviously a postseason preview, you know, a Super Bowl caliber matchup, one of the most watched Sunday night football games of all time. You know, and if like, you want to you want to go like the curmudgeon route, like it's Mike McCarthy, right? They it seemed like they ran like four or five plays the entire night. It's just not the their offense lacks imagination, like big time. And on defense, it's Kyle Shannon against Dan Quinn. Like he knows him. He coached with him. So he knows he's seen his defense every day. And he was able to manipulate. He was able to run specific plays, knowing that he could get over on Dan Quinn. So in that sense, they had a really good plan for Micah Parsons. And I'm that dude got hit almost every yeah. play. Like by different people coming from different angles. It wasn't always the same. And that's what good coaches do. And it was it was it kind of showed how creative one organization is on both sides of the ball. And then the lack of creativity for Dallas. So like, that was my main takeaway. Just like, dang, Dallas is boring. Well, the weird thing about, and and I would think inherently, especially with the way the NFL is built, I think it's always easier for an offense to have the upper hand on a defense. I mean, that's kind of inherently built into the game of football, but for Dan Quinn to have coached with Kyle Shanahan, and, you know, it works both ways. Kyle Shanahan knows what Dan Quinn's doing, but you would think that Dan Quinn had some sort of inkling as to what Kyle Shanahan was doing. And it's not like the Dallas defense is devoid of talent. They are, they you know, the you could make an, lead. right. You could, you could make an argument that the Dallas team, not as much talent as the 49ers offense has, but they've got their skill, skilled players as well. But to see Kyle Shanahan just, and I don't want to give him all the credit. Obviously, the players are out there making plays and executing to a degree that you don't really get to see often in football. But for him to just mop the floor with somebody who he knew well and knew him well, like, you know, it's it was just not quite what my eyes were expecting to see. You know, I like as the game went on and on, I was I just couldn't believe it. I'm like, you look at the 49ers possessions. It's like touchdown, couple of punts. A fumble that was on the one-yard line, two more touchdowns, a punt, three touchdowns in a row. And by that time, you know, the starters aren't in the game anymore. And it's like that that also was kind of a an eye-opener. You had starting star caliber players being like, man, I was taking my pads off in the third quarter. Right. You know, you're like, well, yeah. how often does that happen in the NFL? Oh, man, not often. Not even in the NFL like- against a good team. Yeah, I was, that's what I was about to say. Like, especially against like these two "quote unquote" Super Bowl contenders, this was supposed to be twenty-seven, twenty-three. This was supposed to be twenty-four, twenty-one. Um, not what we saw, like at all. Yeah, I felt this was going to be like the like it was going to feel like the Forty ers playing the Seahawks, like uh, in two thousand and thirteen. You know, like yeah one of those matchups where it was going toe to toe Colin Kaepernick, Russell Wilson, Anquan Bolden, like, you know, like Earl Thomas, Richard Sherman, like all of these players that despised each other that had a lot of recent history with each other. And they were just going to go blow for blow. And, you know, it was, it almost came down to whoever was making the last play, but it was not that game. And I don't know. Is there anything from that game that just like, surprised you you know like any one thing that just sticks out in your head as like just something you weren't expecting i didn't think that they would be able to score 
that much. Like just I I guess a better way to put it is I didn't think they would be able to score that easily. It was like there was like little resistance, man. And even after saying the familiarity with Shanahan and Quinn, like Dallas has a lot of good players on defense. And and their front is athletic and fast enough to make the 49ers offensive line look silly. But again, their head their play caller protected them from a lot. And when your quarterback plays on time and when you have the skill players that they do, it oof, that's what it looks like. So that was surprising to see the 49ers be able to generate as many big plays as they did. Just like, wow, man. Almost every time Purdy dropped back, it seemed like, oh, big play, big play. First down, touchdown. <laughs> right. The big, the big series that I talked about that I think everybody's talking about at this point was when he made that unreal throw to Brandon Ayuk that went for like 40-something, and then it got called back to a penalty. So the response, making a 40-something yard throw to Debo on third and long and in, in what the defense would consider an obvious, obvious passing down. And and then a couple plays later, he makes that throw over the middle to Kittle that he threw like well before Kittle had even gotten to that spot. I mean, that's the thing that J.T. O'Sullivan keeps talking about of the QB school is like the anticipation he's throwing with is not normal. It's right. You know, he's a plus. If you just pause it when his hand comes off the ball and you look at where the receiver is, like he's just dropping his hips to make a cut. He's not even into his route yet, like into the top of his route yet. So like that's, that's never going to show up in any metric you look at. So, of course, no. he's not going to get the credit he's supposed to just because of just that anticipation right there. Or, I mean, not even throwing the ball down the field, but throwing the ball in front of the receiver so he has a chance to run after the catch. Like, those things matter, man. Right, and it's – even that uh, that incompletion – I don't know if you watched J.T. O'Sullivan's video, but he talked about that incompletion to Ayuk where he was kind of running like this deep post stop almost, you know, like – and, oh, yeah, but I know what you're talking about. It was early and, in the game, right? Yeah, and, and he threw it behind him on the television angle. It almost looked like it got picked, but didn't really almost get picked. It was – and it, O'Sullivan was talking about that, and he's like, look, like I get this is an incompletion, and he missed him, but look at when he's throwing the ball. Yeah, like, process. He, it was it was like almost – like it was right around the same time as Ayuk's like first break, and he, he wasn't even close to stopping yet. And he just kind of missed the spot, you know, where he was going to stop. But he, the, the timing in which he was attempting to make that throw was just silly. And it, and he's doing that really consistently, which is the weird thing. Like, And focusing when, on those parts, so focusing on the one or two misses that he has a game, one, two, or three misses that he has a game, which every quarterback does this, as opposed to him throwing the ball 20 yards down the field on third and two. Him throwing the ball, like that, the one you just said that was called back to Ayuk, in my opinion, best throw that I've seen him make. Like, so he's well, pushing yeah, the ball he, down he, the field and playing confidently. In like um, a phone booth, too. Right, was, right. Like, was that was good coverage. Like, the, the dude was right there. And he put the ball only where Ayuk could get it. And Ayuk didn't break stride, which is like even more impressive. So the fact that he's willing to pull the trigger in situations like that, and we see over and over again where the ball is coming out on time, which not only helps the wide receiver make the play after the catch, but it's avoiding, like we're talking about the guys up front, like they don't have to block for as long. And even if they do get beat, it's hidden because the quarterback's getting rid of the ball quickly. 
Um, that is, this was supposed to be a, a giant step up in class for the 49ers offense. And you would just have no idea that that was the case. Well, now, you know, we'll get into the Browns in a little later, but it seems like the 40, like the Cowboys are supposed to be the, the litmus test for Brock Purdy, for the 49ers offense, for the 49ers defense. And they beat them so bad that everybody was like, okay, maybe it's the Browns. Maybe the Browns <laughs> are the, and, and in, a, in some ways they are, especially when, you know, with the other things surrounding that game that we'll get into, but it was just like, like they, I'm almost so certain not that everybody, I, I, right. What if, what if they do uh, the, the same thing with the Browns? It's right. the Jaguars. It, you know, and it's the, if we'll get into the Browns, but it's just the 49ers are entering into almost that, like, you know, 2019, 2018, like Chiefs territory. Whenever oh, I thought you were going to say 2019 49ers. I was going to say, no, they're better than them. No, yeah, no. I, I mean, like, the one or two years, what was – when When did the Chiefs win their first Super Bowl? What, it, was it against the Niners? It was before it, it that, was, though, right? It was 2019, no, because they need Mahomes. Yeah, so whatever year, like, which – I mean, I think – I'm assuming that it was that year. Whenever year when, when we started to look at the Chiefs, like, an unstoppable – juggernaut you know that's really the only point i'm trying to make is the 49ers are kind of entering into that territory if they can they go sustain into, this right i think so could because you know correct me if i'm wrong but it it this doesn't even look like the 49ers look like they're capable of more right so it's like dallas like they had a good game but i don't think they peaked you talk about the punts early on um like Dallas was still moving the ball. They had a couple of broken plays where they, they moved the ball. So like this team can for sure get better, which is kind of scary to think about. Right. Um, I'm trying to, I'm thinking of their schedule and thinking like, where is that first slip up going to happen? And like, is, is Joe Burrow, is Joe Burrow going to be healthy enough with the Bengals against the Bengals? Um, you've got, you've got, I've got the schedule right here. You've got, Browns obviously this week. Then you got Vikings, uh, oh, Bengals Jefferson, at so that takes yeah. out Bengals at Levi's. Then you got a road game against the Jaguars, who are playing a decent brand of football. Then you've got a home game against the Buccaneers, um, away against the Seahawks, away against the Eagles, home against the Seahawks, away against the Cardinals, home against the Ravens away against the commanders and then you've got the Rams at home. So I don't know. I mean, there's definitely some teams in there that can give the 49ers some trouble. If, if right. And division games are wonky. Like you, you never know how those Seattle games are going to go. Um, I mean, the Rams played them tough. I know they're going to play the Rams at, in Levi stadium, but I, we, we did this, I feel like in 2019 and nobody would have predicted the way that they played against the Falcons. And I know that they had some injuries, but you just, you, they're going to get every team's best shot. Like, Yeah, that's for, what I said in the last pod. It's like for a lot of these teams that aren't going to make the playoffs, like playing the 49ers, that's their playoff. Right. I don't know, man. I mean, I think that, I think that you could probably comfortably say the 49ers are, you've got the Eagles. I, I guess you could say that the Eagles are the man until you beat the man, you know, like, 
there I, I think it's clear that the Eagles are not the same Eagles that yeah, something's we saw off last there. year. Yeah, they're not they could find it though. They could they That's could true. get it together. It but you know, if if you want to go that route, if you want to say that the 49ers can't be the man until they beat the guys that beat them last year, as 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 much as as much stock as you want to put in that matchup. But um so do you th- I mean obviously the talk right now is You've got Brock Purdy MVP chatter. You've got Dan Arlovsky saying that he, he, I think he even already walked this back quite a bit. Of course. Saying that Mac Jones would be playing the as well. I don't even want to say it out of my mouth. Would be playing as well as Brock Purdy. How th- we'll just sum it up with this. How good do you think Brock Purdy's playing right now? Do you think he's the MVP front runner? What, uh, what kind of credit are you giving him? What have you seen from Mac Jones to make you think that he'll be capable in any offense is the real question. Like, where is that know. coming from? We got to – like, once they're in the NFL, the draft status is just wiped away. Like, that's how real life works. So, there, I think because Jones was drafted in the first round and Purdy was drafted in the seventh round, there, a lot of people are assuming that if Purdy played on whoever else, the Seahawks, then he would be – just world's different and I'm not so sure because he he has a specific style of play and like if he's like think about it he's elevating the 49ers offense this 49ers offense like sure they were efficient but they were never potent and that's the biggest difference so who else what else is different yeah like McCaffrey's here McCaffrey is a big time game changer but I don't know that their passing game like their passing game has soared through the roof since he's been under center this it's never looked like this under jimmy um so it's never looked it, like this since 2017 right 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 so it hasn't even looked like this you go back to all the harbaugh time like even with colin kaepernick before people had figured that him out per se like it still wasn't like this. they have essentially normalized them scoring on every drive the fact that you had to mention pointing against the Dallas Cowboys <laughs> like right. two or three times in the first half. Like, that's it. They punted. And then, of course, in the second half when the game was, like, convincing or is over. But um, we were not – this was not a thing before this. So why are we acting like it's a thing now? So I think that's the biggest takeaway is just how we talk about – based on how we talk about the offense should tell you how good Brock Purdy is, right? Because they were never scoring at this clip. They were never scoring – um, they were never able to generate as many big plays. And over the offseason, you know, I was thinking like, all right, how much of this is McCaffrey? How much of this is defenses are going to find out who he is? Um, and then they start playing games, and it's like, oh, they're better. <laughs> so I don't know. I, I just think it's it's pretty naive and pretty lazy to ignore what he's doing and how he's elevating the offense. So, like, that has to be an MVP candidate. Will he win it? I don't know. Uh, if they keep winning by this type of margin, probably, honestly. Um, so, like, yeah, that that would be my spill for MVP. Like, he has a number. He's not going to – he's not dropping back to throw 50 times. But when he drops back, like, there's an impact. There's an undoubted impact. And, again, like, they're scoring at an insane clip. So, this hasn't happened before. So, we have to give whoever is making the difference credit, and that's the quarterback. Right. I mean, if you think about it, I don't think Jimmy. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo had his moments, but in on, on all of Kyle Shanahan's offense, whether it was him with his dad, whatever, like 
Not his, I'm not going to include his dad. Kyle Shanahan's offense. They, people act like there's some long list of quarterbacks that have played really well in his offense. Right. When, I mean, you've got Matt Ryan, who had Julio his own Jones. MVP season. Huh? Julio Jones. Right. Like he had who he had the best receiver in the NFL. <laughs> yeah, and in, and Julio in his prime too. Like yes. I I I named a route after Julio. You know that there little that little post out he did like oh, yeah. better than anybody ever. Um, and Matt Ryan, and then like you want to throw in uh, RG three like during his rookie year because that fizzled out pretty quick. You know, but yeah, his rookie know year was pretty amazing, was sustainable. Right, and. And then who do you have? Who else? Like, uh, uh, I mean, was he the offensive coordinator for the Texans? He was, but they had Andre Johnson. <laughs> yeah, and and Matt he made Matt Schaub look okay. And then we saw, like, it was like the next year that Matt Schaub had like an unbelievable amount of pick sixes, even one against the 49ers. that fell apart. So, uh, you you know, you like okay, so you had Jimmy Garoppolo played pretty pretty well. You had Matt Ryan. You had one year of RG three. It's like people act like Kyle Shanahan has just been producing great quarterbacks like at a huge rate. And Jimmy Garoppolo looked pretty good. But even during all that time, everybody always loved to talk about the Jimmy Garoppolo ceiling. That did exist. We can see that now. And so, like, why do people act like Kyle Shanahan's offense is just churning out good quarterbacks all the time to to an extent to where that those good quarterbacks are no longer special when that just isn't happening? And yeah, no, it's a it's a fair question, and I think it's just because how good they are in general, like how easy he makes offense looks, offense look because of how the quarterback makes it look. So, I think we're such a simple species that that's the reason. And it's like, but it's like he's had more quarterbacks look shitty in his offense than good. So, I think we can give Brock Purdy a little bit of credit for looking really good like it's crazy he has like just the right amount of like quickness movement pocket presence a little bit of courage when it comes to throwing downfield timing anticipation like none of these none of the stuff he brings to the table is really like what you would think is is a high caliber quarterback but you know you put it all together and the traits that don't show up when somebody, you know, when you look at a player, like the ones between the ears and all of a sudden shit's just working out despite everybody and their mom not knowing why, because obviously if this dude was the last pick of the draft and it almost indicts everybody, even the 49ers, like people like to think that oh, the 49ers came out looking sweet and like, no, they picked him with the last pick in the, in the draft. Like they picked hella other players first. They didn't know it either. So a lot of luck involved. So I don't know, man. It's just it's a little silly at this point. I mean, we'll we'll talk about obviously another strong test. I'm not going to say the test that we need to see. I'm not going to call the Browns like this is this is where we find out about Purdy. I'm not going to say that. I feel like we've already we already found out. But before we get into that, let's let's do some prize pick stuff. You all know we got to do the prize picks, but I'm going to switch it up. I'm going to what I'm going to do, and I just thought of this while we were, we were talking. I am going to uh, I'm going to let KP make make my picks, my prize picks. Oh, nice! How many how so, many do we get? Uh, I mean, we could. So there's only four player 49ers players that are on here. Ah, true. But and I also I have to pick one from another team. So and literally, I think let me go Browns. The only one 
here for the Browns is Amari Cooper at 38 <laughs> receiving yards. And I've and I, for every one of them, I've kept them 49ers or the team they're playing. So oh, we know man. we got to pick Amari Cooper. They uh, Prize Picks has him listed at 38.5 receiving yards. Do you think you'll have more or less? Okay, so more just because just looking at his box scores. So the they, when they played with a backup against the Ravens in week four, he had six targets, one reception, 16 <laughs> yards. Yes, um, he did. I'm going to go out on a limb and say, like, that's not going to happen again. Before that, and I know it's with Deshaun, he had 116. He had 90. So – I'm gonna I'm he gonna will middle be, that. He will be playing against or he will be PJ Walker is gonna be the quarterback, right? Yes, which we have no idea what he's gonna bring to the table. That was with Dorian Tomlin, uh Thompson Robinson. So yeah, 38 is really low. You want more? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm I would go more. Just off like okay. default, right? Like especially if the the game script is gonna go how we think it's gonna go and he's gonna be down. Yeah, I mean the weather might be crazy, but at the same time, if you're if you're down on the scoreboard, you're gonna throw a lot anyways. You know, like so. I'm, I'm, I mean, hey, I'm not I'm not trying to. We're going with what you want. Okay, so we got our Browns player. Yeah, that doesn't have to be like chunk play, thirty eight yards. <laughs> right, that could be three catches. Yep. Okay, so our next options are it's all based on yardage. It keeps like automatically taking it off. Prize fix, you're losing your mind here. Okay. Um, we've got Brandon Ayuk at 44 and a half receiving yards. Brock Purdy at 203.5 passing yards. Debo Samuel at 39 and a half receiving yards. And George Kittle at 34 and a half receiving yards. So we'll do at least two of these. You tell me which player you want to go with. Ayuk, Purdy, Samuel, or Kittle. So, and I'm sure we'll get to this. One of the biggest differences between what the Browns bring to the table defensively and what the Cowboys do is their the Cleveland's secondary is very athletic. Did not get that same vibe with what the Cowboys bring to the table. And I think you can just kind of see when Debo caught that deep third down that you were talking about, like his speed, like he's running away from dudes. Ayuk is running away from people. Not sure it's going to be like to that effect with Cleveland. So Cleveland is – very good at taking away the top wide receiver on the team. So I'm going to cut Ayuk out. Cleveland is very good at taking away the number two wide receiver. So I'm going to – that takes Debo out. Okay. Cleveland ranks 26 in DVOA in defending tight ends. George Kittle's prop you, is 34 and a half receiving yards. Yeah. Let's go over that. All right, we're going more. So we've we've taken George Kittle's 34 and a half receiving yards and we're going more. I like that. Especially after that last game. Yeah, right? Like why stop there? Right. That was really cool by the way. What do you think about the fucked out shirt? Uh I think it's awesome. I mean, I think Kyle Shanahan had a perfectly good answer for it. Like he called it like WWE shit and that's entertainment. That's, all it is. that's what that's it, what we're doing here. Yeah. yeah. It's entertainment. Does it's he think like do I know Cowboys fans probably felt some type of way, but I, I guarantee, and I know Parsons had something to say, but like by Thursday, by today, they're not thinking about that, man. Oh, we got to win this next game because <laughs> because somebody wore a fuck Dallas shirt. Like, no, they're not. They're over it. If, if a 
fuck you Dallas shirt is what it took to make it personal, then you were going to lose no matter what. Yeah, you like, never set a chance. Yeah, he, a shirt shouldn't get at this level. Like a, sh- a shirt does nothing. Like it, it could have said your mom's name and phone number on it. Now that's that's a little that's a little far, but it's Damn. like you're already going hard. Either you're going hard or you're not. Like you're you're an NFL player. Like I guess when you think about like the greatest competitive athlete of all time and Michael Jordan, he used to do that shit. Like he would make stuff up. So it's like, I guess everybody needs their motivation, but I'm, I'm not, see, I don't think it's a shirt that just says F you like what? Right. That's damn. Okay. That's lie. That's come on. Right. All right. So we need one more. do you not, so you want to avoid the receivers? Do you want to go with Brock Purdy's passing yards? Okay. So that's going to be tough. Think about the situation the Browns defense is in. So backup quarterback, they know they have to do everything or else they slip up. Their margin for error just isn't there. Offense probably isn't going to carry the load. If you look at, so Brock Purdy's passing yards, 203 and a half, right? Yep, 203 and a half. This year, 220 against the Steelers, 206 against the Rams, 310 against the Giants, 283 against the Cardinals, and 252 against the Cowboys. So literally every time has been over that number. But I think there's going to be some weather in Cleveland. I think the the wind is going to be north. Yeah, wind and rain, an maybe. So, yep, even some slight precipitation. And, like, this is a very good defense, a very sound defense. So it would make sense just to run the ball, get out of there, right? Let's, like, if we have to go Purdy, and I know this is going against all the numbers that we just talked about. We can go Ayuk and Debo. Uh, you know, we can go any of them it, more or less, you know, so. What are we at for um, – uh, okay, let's let's do that. So let's think about it. Um, I would – Ayuk's at 44 and a half. Jeez, that is obnoxiously low. <laughs> Ayuk is like one of the best receivers in the NFL right now. Know, but at the same like time – banging that drum for years. <laughs> right. So he is kind of – and this doesn't sound – I mean, he is kind of all or nothing in the sense that – He's going for 129, 148, or the other two games, 43, 58. So which Ayuk are you getting? Are you getting the explosive big play Ayuk where Brock's just feeding him the ball? Or is this one of those where he just cut, catches a couple in breakers and like that's his game? Right. But when has Debo, outside of the game Ayuk missed, really gone off as a receiver? So he had 55, 63. 129 when Ayuk was gone, and then did have the goose egg, but he was hurt, so we can't count that. And then 55 last week, which really, he had 55, but 42 came on one play. 40 right. came on one play in the Giants game. 23 came on one play. Like, he's uh, he's an explosive wide receiver. That's what he does. So, basically, that's what you're betting against. Like, will Debo have a chunk play? Will Debo take one a long ways? But it's 39 is really low, too. <laughs> like, I don't know. I, I might lean over just because screen, 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 right? You want to, on Debo? Who? He just went over last game. Yeah. I I mean, I, I feel like if I'm going to take an over in a game like this, it, it, it feels like a Debo game, you know, where right. you need somebody. Quick hitters. Brandon, I, Brandon Ayuk's, he's, you know, he's, he'll kill you in the 10 to 30 yard range. Whereas Debo, 
can take a, a two yard pass to the house. So we might not have that opportunity with the way the weather is. Right. Do you want to go? You want to go over with Debo? Yep. Let's go over and let's call it. Okay. Going. I'm. I'm keeping it a power play. I'm not doing because you can do a power play or you can do a flex play where you only have to hit two of three, but um, it like seriously hampers your like what oh you yeah, can take from percentage. it. Yeah. So all right, I'm gonna go. Uh, we're going. We're going power play with. We're taking the more on Amari Cooper at 38 and a half receiving yards. Um, we're taking more with George Kittle at 34 and a half receiving yards, and we're taking the more on Debo Samuel with 39 and a half receiving yards. I'm hitting the button. We're not going back. Okay, so the 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 K the 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 KP version of my Prize Fix entry, uh, and all y'all know that like if I lose, I can't like blame it on him. I've been losing myself. So, um, but if you don't know what we're doing right now, this is called Prize Picks. It's um, uh, one of our newest sponsors here at Striking Gold. It, it's daily fantasy sports. Super easy, super exciting, very very simple to get engaged with. You pick two to six players, more or less, as you can hear from us talking about it, and then you watch the winnings roll in. Um, what I like best about Price Picks is it's just so simple. You literally go on the website, you type in what team you want to make a pit for, and there's all the players from that team, and you can go what direction you want to go. Uh, if you want it to, it can take less than a minute, and they really do mean that. It, it, it really is that fast. Uh, if you want to jump on board, go to pricepicks.com gold. And use the promo code GOLD for a first deposit match of up to 100 bucks. Again, that's pricepix.com slash gold. Um, use the code GOLD. And anything up to $100 for your first deposit, they're going to match. So you put in $100, bucks, you have now got $200 on, uh, on PrizePix. It's daily fantasy sports made easy. And again, it, it doesn't get much easier than this. I would highly recommend checking it out. PrizePix.com slash gold. Okay. So it's in there. It's in there. It's locked in. The entry is locked in. All right, man. So, I mean, what? Have you ever won? Yeah, yeah. I've won a couple. Nice. Yeah, man. What the hell? Yeah, I don't know. The way you were sounding like you. <laughs> well, <laughs> okay. Blanks. So, past entries. Let me count my total number of entries. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I've won two out of the seven. So, not exactly a, a super great record here. Um, one of them, I, we would have been three out of the seven. One of them, I bet that Christian McCaffrey would have less than 17 and a half rushing attempts. And he had 18. Of course he did. <laughs> I know. And the last oh, carry Lord. went for like two yards. And I was like, why did we why you do that? this? Yeah. Yeah. So, but I've, I've, you know, I've got some, I got some greens in there. We're all right. Um, we're going to turn it around. We're going to bounce back. All right, man. So let's let's talk. Let's talk the matchup. Let's talk. Let's talk Browns, man. We're forty minutes in. We haven't even got. I guess we've kind of talked about the Browns a little bit. But um, where are your head? What's your head at? So this is we talked to like weather matters in the NFL, right? We talked about how the wind is going to be probably upwards over twenty miles an hour. You want me to give you the uh, forecast? There's gonna yeah, please let's hear it. Okay. Um, we know there's gonna be a backup quarterback. We know that. The Browns are a very, very good defense. Whether you're looking at DVOA, whether you're looking at EPA per play, whether you're looking at success rate, whether you're looking at any total defense, essentially any metric you can bring up defensively, the Browns are probably going to be top three, and they might mess around and be top two, top one, in a lot of ones that I see anyway. So 
with that in mind, probably going to be a lower scoring game. Browns are, like just I said earlier, the margin for error defensively. Like they know, like, hey, if we mess up, <laughs> those guys on the other side of the bar aren't going to be able to do anything. So we have to be perfect. Um, I am interested to see how aggressive Steve Wilkes is against a rookie quarterback because they have a certain style, and that style usually means, hey, we're going to win with our front four, and that's that. And then on the other side of the ball, like we are, this is as good as it gets. This is like best on best. Jim Schwartz, defensive coordinator, Kyle Shanahan, offensive coordinator, Jim Schwartz. By the way, this Browns defense was miserable last year, like bottom five. And it's just the complete opposite because he came in and did the complete opposite. Who knew? Um, they move Miles Garrett around a lot, so the the Forty Nineers offensive line they're going to be on their they're going to have to be on their P's and Q's, or else somebody's going to get matched up with Miles Garrett, and that is not the one on one matchup you want. So um, I think that's going to be the big difference between Schwartz and Dan Quinn is where we see Michael Parsons. Like, sure, he moved around a little bit, but not to the level that they will with Garrett. Um, Brock's going to have to continue to take care of the ball. I think that's another thing. We're just talking about quarterback. People are kind of waiting for it to happen, right? Like they're, they're thinking, all right, he's going to turn. This is the game. He's going to, you know, turn into a pumpkin. And it just hasn't happened. Um, if it doesn't happen against the number one defense in the NFL, it's probably not going to happen. So sorry to you burst your bubble. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the Browns defense, as I mentioned, like they are athletic. They are fast. And they can contend, contest the routes that the 49ers run. So I want to see how aggressive they are. I want to see it. If there's finally a defensive line that's able to consistently get after the 49ers, like Dallas really didn't get into Brock's face much. Like there are a couple plays here and there, but again, like they got rid of it so quickly that it didn't matter. But I think the Browns might be able to offer a little bit more, especially because I think they're just better pass rushing along the interior. Um, I, d- I don't know what like a prediction type of thing would be just because of how big of an impact the weather will play. Um, yeah, let me get, okay. So for, we mentioned the weather. Here's your, the official weather.com forecast for Sunday. Um, and I'm really read. they have a day and night forecast. I'm only reading the day forecast for obvious reasons. So cloudy in the morning, then off and on rain showers during the afternoon, high around 55 degrees. Winds north at 15 to 25 miles an hour, and the chance of rain is 40%. And then you were saying something before we hit record that, uh, like something over 18 miles an hour is like the trigger for a bad quarterback play or something. Yeah, just like offense just suppresses, like just doesn't happen once the wind gets over 18 miles an hour. And I, I forgot what the exact number was or just how you don't score points when the wind is that high effectively. So we'll see. Yeah. One thing I want to, and this is again, just kind of surface level stats, but you were talking about the Browns defense and you were talking about them being in like the top three of a lot of categories and them possibly being in the top two and not two. So this is just the super basic stats, you know, that do lend a little bit of a story. So, um, Cleveland Browns defense is first in co- on completion percentages. The 49ers are 15th. They are second in yards per attempt in the air. The 49ers are third. Uh, they are first in passing yards allowed. The 49ers are 13th. They are second in passing touchdowns allowed. The 49ers are 12th. Um, they are first in first down percentage allowed. Um, the 49ers are second. They are first in rushing yards allowed. The 49ers are third. 
they are. Oh, I didn't put down the I didn't put down the yards per carry. I think they're first in the NFL in yards per carry on the ground, and they are also first in rushing first downs allowed. The 49ers are 25th. So they're not giving so, up anything. No, they're they're very good. And and I always include the 49ers rankings as a barometer because what we know from the 49ers defense is that they're very good. And those stats, those stats don't paint all the stories, all the story. You go back and you look at like the quarterbacks they were facing or the situations they were facing. They faced the Bengals in week one that we saw was just a, an offense in absolute shambles. Joe Burrow was now they could have been in shambles because they were going against the Browns defense, but uh, Burrow was 14 of 31, which is 45% for 82 yards, which is just not the Joe Burrow yards. we know. So that he was like really hampered that game. I forgot what his he was hurt, was, right? Yeah. Like he was just a show of himself. So we got, and then we got Kenny Pickett the next week who we obviously know is which they lost that game. Uh, he, but he was only 15 of 30 for 50%, one touchdown and an interception. Then you've got the Titans the next week, which is Ryan Tannehill. He was 13 of 25 for 104 total yards, you know, and then you've got the, the first time they absolutely got worked as a defense was by Lamar Jackson, who he was 15 of 19, which is almost 80% for two touchdowns and no interceptions. And then he also had nine carries for 27 yards. So that was the right, first and time they had the Browns some, defense. And that's where um, Thompson Robinson, like the, the backup quarterback, put him into some tough spots. So that right. wasn't really on the Browns. I think he defense. had three interceptions. Yeah. Like I, I feel like one of those went to the house. He definitely threw three interceptions. He threw for 121 yards on 36 attempts, man. 3.4 yards per attempt. Ugh. Yes. <laughs> yes. 25. Um, I was listening to uh, Guy Haberman and John Middlecoff and they had a little nugget. I can't remember where they got it, but apparently Kyle Shanahan is one of eight against Schwartz. I have heard that. So I've just heard that he struggled. I didn't see the exact number, but that Schwartz just owns Shanahan or has his number. So if you think he doesn't, Kyle doesn't know that. Right, um, right. That's probably the bulletin board material to get him, right? So that is interesting, though. And I think it, it also just speaks to how effective Schwartz is in general. Well, and another important thing to talk about is uh, the injury report. You know, the Browns have a very heavy injury report. Obviously, the highlight is Deshaun Watson is still out with a right shoulder. He has been ruled out, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Um, they also have guard Joel Batonio. He did not practice on Thursday with a knee. I don't know if he's expected to play. Um, tight end David Njoku burnt his face off, uh, apparently. I, I I did not. Should I look uh, it up? You should go to David Njoku images or media. Yes. David Njoku face. I mean, you being the Halloween guy, you'll probably like this. Yeah, he ain't going to mess with me at all. Damn. Yep. He looks like he's... <laughs> He almost looks, looks like he's turning white. It looks like a mask. Yeah, it does. It looks like costume. It looks like he's some racist dude wearing blackface. Like <laughs> it's it's because his skin is peeling off. Wow. Yeah, in the most literal sense. Yeah. So you said Joel Batonio. That's their left guard. Right. If he he missed Wednesday's practice, he missed Thursday's practice. If he can't go, that means a rookie six rounder will start. They're all already starting a rookie. Uh, right tackle 
So that would be yeah. just huge. And not to mention like third string quarterback. Right. So there's there's weaknesses there. You know, in in terms of mismatches, I would probably say the it is a the Browns offense against the 49ers defense is a much more significant mismatch than the 49ers offense against the Browns defense because every, you know, if you're talking about just their general standing in the rankings, the 49ers probably have the same statistics as an offense in the, on the offense side of things. You know, a lot of their statistics are going to be in the, in the top five. So in those two, that's like, you know, your old JR slobber knocker. Whereas the biggest mismatch of the game is the Browns offense against the 49ers defense. So, yeah, like you know, the 49ers have to be as stingy as possible here. Like this can't be a game where they I mean, again, you look at what they've given up, it hasn't been much as it is, but like it's it's a rookie fifth rounder. Um can't give up much if anything to him. You, you like you have to get a turnover. You basically do what the Browns did, or sorry, do what the Ravens did. Force him into some hectic decisions, force him into some bad decisions. If the Ravens got three turnovers against him, you should at least be able to generate. Well, I think they're I think they're starting PJ Walker instead of Dorian Thompson Robinson. So PJ Walker, kind of a journeyman. I guess he was on he was on the the Panthers last year, right? He was. And he actually I mean, he got in there at the end, so he didn't really play against them, but he started plenty of games. Yeah, I know he had one game against the Falcons that was pretty good, but other than that, he's just kind of middling, and that's who that's who, he's a backup for a reason and that's like this this game isn't for like everybody right like not everybody's going to be a Patrick Mahomes not everybody's going to be a superstar so like there's a reason he is just called up from the practice squad and they have to really limit his offense no Nick Chubb which is huge so it's gonna be, and that's why you go back to like Amari Cooper bus right yeah Jerome Ford will be will be their guy who from what I've I've seen is doing okay. That doesn't make him Nick Chubb, but right, not going to find many replacements for Nick Chubb. No, that was a that was a tough one to watch. I didn't I didn't appreciate that one. And you know you're not I don't have anything invested in Nick Chubb, but watching a, a player that talented go down in, in a way where you like know in that moment that it's it's kind of all over. That that's always rough to do. That's always always a rough rough watch. So. You know, you got a 49ers defense that we know just took a, a a decent, a solid Dallas Cowboys offense and made them look absolutely pedestrian. I don't think the Cleveland offense will have anything additional to offer in terms of anything more that would threaten the 49ers, anything more than than the Dallas did. You know, so I think that's your that's your mismatch. The 49ers, like you said, they need to be stingy. They can't give up any what what they can't do is and this obviously falls on the offense too is you can't go into halftime with a score of like 10 to 7 or 7 to 7 or you know it, it really in my eyes falls more on the offense than anything they're the ones that are going to have to at least make sure then they that they outpace whatever the Cleveland Browns are able to put together on offense so that's the interesting obviously the highlight matchup the main card the the main event is the 49ers offense against the Browns defense coming at you with Miles Garrett, who already has five and a half sacks on the season. 
He has five tackles for loss. I looked it up on that. I had him up here on that other website you gave me. Yeah. Okay. Five and a half sacks, 13 quarterback hurries, 13 quarterback hits, nine quarterback knockdowns, and 25 quarterback pressures. <laughs> which, silly. if you want something to gauge that off of, he's playing better than Nick Bosa right now. now I'm not. Oh, he is 100%. Like, if, you, if you're looking at this from like an objective perspective, you can acknowledge that Nick Bosa is a superstar. And he's against Dallas. I know he, he might not have had like the gaudy pressure sack numbers or whatever, but he looked like a player who had his legs underneath him. Miles Garrett has been doing what Bosa did against Dallas every week. Like he actually, I forgot what game it was, but he for sure got robbed of defense player of the week one one week. He is he is an insane player. And and I feel like maybe you can't now. The 49ers and Kyle Shanahan cannot do the same things. They did against me. Hold on. Let me pause. Micah Parsons. <laughs> Not Mika. I said Mika like <laughs> 10 Mika times less. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I have a Mika in my class. Uh, and I have, and I've had a Mika in the past. And I know a Mika. I've heard of a Mika. I've, you know, and I also know like one Micah. So it just overpowered me. I wasn't able to hold on. And I, and I mispronounced it many times. So what they did against Micah is not going to necessarily work against Miles Garrett. Miles Garrett is a completely different animal in the same way that Nick Bosa is a different animal than Michael Parsons. So, you know, he outweighs Parsons by like 40 or 50 pounds, you know, like it's, it's not the same, but I, do you feel like what they did against Parsons is in any way a kind of a, 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 a run through for what they're going to have to do against Garrett. That's a good question. Um, so obviously it's, I mean, you don't want to say it's like a quote unquote practice session because it's not, but like that, those are easily two of the four, two of the five best pass rushers in the NFL. So in a sense, yes, because he is that guy who can move all over the field. He's an Uber athlete. Um, he like, the way that he moves is a lot of the same waves that Garrett moves. Like they, they just, they can do things that other humans can't. And because of that, like, yes, it's, it's a better way to like, um, like a preseason game effectively for miles Garrett. Um, but there's no way to prepare for miles Garrett until you actually play miles Garrett. And I think right. offenses find that out. And I think the 40, like, I don't want to say like, they're going to find out he's going to have 17 sacks. But I just think he's, he's plays for a better coach. He plays under a better scheme. He plays with better players, plays more athletes. And I, I would imagine the Browns are far more prepared for what the 49ers are going to bring to the table, or at least going to do in the way. And they're coming off. Undoubtedly help. And yes, that is a great point. We have not even gotten to the fact that like Jim Schwartz was able to watch the 49ers live. He's able to, prepare for them um with a whole week like that matters in the nfl right yeah you're, you're going up against one of the nfl's best defenses that has that's had a week to prepare for you but if you want to look at it on the bright side i mean it's another if the this 49ers offense can somehow find a way to make the browns defense look look mediocre or or not look look anything but elite let's just say that if the 49ers offense can somehow manage to get 24, you know, against the Browns defense and they win this game like 24 to 10, 
24 to 9, something like that, then I would think that's a job well done because everything that Browns defense does, they make difficult. And I think you made a good point against the ball. You know, you're looking at the Baltimore game. You're like, well, the Ravens won 28 to three. Well, if you look at their possessions that I haven't actually looked at, um, you know, they, one of their touchdowns claim where they got the ball on Cleveland's 10 yard, 10 yard line. Um, yeah, like, come on. Right. And, and another one of their touchdowns came when they got the ball on Cleveland's 38 yard line. You know, and the other two were standard drives against a solid defense. But in, in a way, if if you're talking about an offense, opposing offense, setting the Browns defense up for failure, I don't necessarily think the 49ers are going to be doing the same thing. You know, I, I don't expect that. I think the 49ers offense is going to be moving the ball quite a bit more efficiently. If anything, there might be some of the inverse, you know, like the the Browns offense could continue to set the defense up for failure and the 49ers might score more points than you think they'd normally be capable of because of what's going on on offense. And, you know, if you want a good, if you, I mean, maybe this game looks like how the Ravens games look because that offense is still going to be struggling. Maybe the 49ers do manage to, to keep that 30 plus point streak going because of the fact that the defense is forcing takeaways. But, you know, and there's one thing I was going to say too, is do you think that the fact that Nick Bosa is on this team has given the 49ers a, a weekly practice run? So think about it. They think they see Bosa every day in practice all throughout training camp. So a hundred percent, how could it not? So you get Bosa all season. They've had TJ Watt. They've had Aaron Donald. They've had fresh off Micah Parsons. So I just named four probably of the best um, pass rushers in the NFL. <laughs> and now you get the fifth one, lucky you. So without a question. But again, he's still like offenses find out the hard way that you don't find out about Miles Garrett until he's actually on the field with you. So it'll be interesting to see how they handle him. It'll be interesting to see who holds up. Trent Williams versus Miles Garrett. Like we're talking about two of the most gifted players possibly. So it'll be a fun matchup to watch. Prediction time. Let's do it. Let's talk who wins, by how much. We mentioned the weather, and remember, that's yeah. going to play a factor into these score predictions. It's going to be ugly. Do the 49ers score 30 points? Uh, you know what's funny, too, before I get into this is you mentioned Trent Williams and Miles Garrett, and I've always made a joke on here about how, like, you know what, like, a battle royale is, right? Like, Warzone. You know, like where you have to oh, be yeah. the last one surviving. Well, I always picture like them dedicating one NFL stadium to one giant hand-to-hand combat battle royale between all the NFL players. And I've always said that if they did that, I feel like Trent Williams would win. He would be <laughs> the last guy alive. Like if you've seen him, if you watch him play, if you understand Who's what he looks like. Who's going to beat him? <laughs> <laughs> right. So, but I feel like if I just thought, as you said that, I was like, would it come down to Miles Garrett versus Trent Williams? Man. You know, like would would those be the last two alive? You know, hunching over, covered in blood, just you know, whatever. I'm getting way out of my mind on this, but um, Miles Garrett is that type of human being. It's just not not normal. Uh, so predictions, I I don't think they hit thirty again. I just with the weather. I, could they hit oh my 30? God, you hate just, the 49ers. I, I do. I do. I, I have no faith in them. Um, it, I think like the if it, if it really is going to be raining, uh, rain neutralizes a lot of things. 
know, and it doesn't necessarily close the talent gap, but it makes it a lot slimmer than it normally would be. So like there, there are going to be passes that are dropped that are first downs every other week. There's going to be a carry for Christian McCaffrey where he probably slips. Like that's just the nature of playing in the weather. Right. Right. And so I'm assuming the 49ers still get the better of the Browns. I think they're still the better team, especially when you consider the Browns offense going against a 49ers defense that could set the 49ers offense up with some short fields. Um, I'm expecting that, but again, you know, you're, you're neutralizing a lot of, a lot of speed. The 40, one of the 49ers biggest attributes on offense and defense is, is speed. And it, it, Lorraine's going to make that interesting. I think the 49ers win, but I'm going to go, I think their 30 point streak ends. I'm going to go 24 to nine. I don't necessarily think the Browns get into the end zone, maybe get within field goal range a few times. I'll Pull give them that. a little bit. Sounds like, yeah. You're right. Right. What do you think? I'm going even uglier, uh, even more lower scoring. So 20 to six, I think, as you said, the streak ends at 30 or the 30 point streak ends. And that's that doesn't mean they played poorly at all. <laughs> like no, it think doesn't. think about this, man. Like, will the 49ers score 30 points for the sixth game in a row? <laughs> like, what? I know. Um, that's not how football works. Like, they are a juggernaut. They're an official wagon. But again, the weather, the circumstance, like there's really no reason for them to run it up. Like, there was plenty of reason last week. They're at home. Uh, prime time under the lights and now backup quarterback let's just get in here move the ball let's get out here healthy that is probably going to be the mindset especially with as i said a quarterback who has not thrown a pass this season so 20 to 6 i think the 49ers do move the ball but i think they're forced to settle for field goals more often than we're used to seeing them Browns probably have a drive. Let's just call it late in the second half, like they like defense right. always do. So they'll probably get a field goal there, and they'll probably get a garbage time field goal. But if we're talking about a team winning comfortably, if we're talking about a team not giving up a touchdown, it's, it's another quality outing, man. So 20 to 6 is where I'll end it. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Um and again, if if the 49ers manage to do more than that, if it wouldn't shock me if they still got over 30, you know, if the weather stays stays mild and they just get normal conditions to do their thing, it wouldn't surprise me at all if the 49ers managed to hit 30, 31, 32, whatever uh mathematics allows. But uh, if even if they don't, you know, if they get a comfortable lead, then they've done enough, you know, against a defense that's that good. Uh, that knows that they have no, like you said, margin for error. So I, I think that the 49ers, if they hung anything close to the mid-20s, high-20s, then they've definitely done what they needed to do. All right, so before we get out of here, um, tell the world, strike, hashtag striking gold fam, the, the, everybody out there listening to this podcast, where to find you. Yeah, so tweet once a day. Max, um, Max, uh, KP underscore show. I think we talked about it a little bit. It's just X. It's just not exciting. It's not. It's not what it was. Um, yeah, our our boy Evan Swords like recently posted like yesterday that he was like going to take a a break or go away, and I honestly was like kind of jealous. I was like, man, right, <laughs> I want to do that. 
how dare you without us? Um, NinersNation.com. No, any news, newsy stuff. We got you covered. Um, opinion pieces, injuries, whatever you're looking for. And then YouTube. So type in Kyle Posey. Yeah, YouTube. I forgot to mention the fucking YouTube. Kyle Everybody. Shanahan put Kyle Shanahan. Not, you put together yeah, YouTube me. videos like Kyle Shanahan. I wish. Um, so no, I uh, after every game, going to break down You know what happened, what we saw. Try to go into a little bit of depth, whether, you know, for the Cowboys example, how the offense was able to get so open, how they were able to drop 42. And then I, I need to do a better job of this. Finally dropped a video on the defense, about the defense. Just a 30-minute video on the defense. So long overdue, right? Um, they are a good unit. So as much as we've talked uh, about the Browns defense. You don't uh, say. Yeah, there are a lot of good players <laughs> on that side of the ball. So they're good. Um, yeah, check it out. Try to get in depth, as I said. Um, I try to offer a point of, you know, what other people might not be able to see or maybe what you missed on a play, Um, the ins and outs of football. So uh, I enjoy it. I I ramble. I talk a lot on it. But I'm going to watch it anyway, so why not record and share it with other people? So I I have fun doing it. Um, But that's that's where I'm at. I think think that the – Users here would enjoy your YouTube content. I think it's good. I think anytime somebody can just spend some serious time breaking down plays, showing why they work and how they work and all that stuff, it's definitely worth it. So, again, Kyle Posey uh, on – I just searched Kyle Posey 49ers on YouTube, and the very first thing that came up was his videos and his channel. So check it out. They are very worth it. They make me smarter. So they will also make you smarter or maybe you're much smarter than me and they're not going to make you smarter, but they'll support <laughs> our boy. Uh, again, in case anybody's confused, Kyle's name is on still on the striking gold cover image for a reason. He was supposed to be the co-host of this podcast. Um, he's been relegated to occasionally visiting status because the company, the organization that he works for, said that uh, he wasn't allowed to have success for anyone but them. So I took that personally, uh, just like MJ. Dion. And, and, right. And I, uh, I left it on there. And uh, if any of you are wondering why that name is there, uh, yet KP's not consistently on the show, that's why. Um, but it's still probably more of my fault that he isn't on more consistently. I just don't, wanna, don't really want to bug him with it without him getting paid for his services. So we'll see what we can do about that. But um as always bro it's it's always a pleasure talking ball with you thanks for jumping on and uh we'll do it soon i promise anytime brother man maybe a maybe a bye week thing or something or maybe soon so well all right everybody that is the end of the episode if you are if you are still here then you've already offered the ultimate form of support in uh, in sticking with this podcast for over an hour uh, if you want to go a little bit further jump on leave us a, a five-star review on whatever app you listen to the podcast um, download, subscribe, listen to the advertisements. Remember, not just for my podcast, but any podcast you ever listen to, listen to the advertisements. Don't skip forward. Don't press the forward 30 second button because uh, many of the ads that from sponsorships are there. You're only paid for a complete listen. So if there are podcasts out there that you want to support, and I'm surely not just talking about mine, uh, listen to the advertisement. But anyways, I appreciate you guys. Thank you for, uh, for the support. Before another episode, I'm Rob, that's KP, this is Striking Gold, and we are signing out. Peace.
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.